0: Welcome to part two of 30 Things Musicians Need to Know in the Studio. Uh, Glad to have you guys back with us. I had so many things that musicians should know, I had to make two shows about it. So, here we go with number 16. Number 16, understand the basics of how things are recorded. As in, you know, that you can do multiple takes, there are multiple tracks of things for the hi-hat mic, the snare mic... How you know uh, how Pro Tools works? You don't have to necessarily know um, how to operate Pro Tools or Logic or Cubase or Nuendo or any of those things, but just try to educate yourself on the basics of how these things work. You record tracks. You can delete things easily. You can edit things easily. You can you know do multiple versions and keep one later you know, don't be afraid of them and also don't rely on them. So don't say, oh, you know, we can just do as many takes as we want and then pick the best parts. Okay, yes, you can, but that's a time waster. It's much better to just get it right and do one take, but In the right circumstance, editing can save you a little bit. If everything about a solo was perfect except one note, don't sit there and say, Oh, I have to get the solo perfect, you know, and then do 50 takes of it over and over until you get the whole thing perfect. You know, where you could have just recorded, you know, a little section and edited in that one part. So don't let it rule the session, but also... You know, don't ignore it as as a viable way to make a record. People have been doing edits since the beginning. Don't be afraid of those things, okay? So just understand the basics of how things are recorded, you know, that editing does exist, that tuning does exist, that you might be edited or tuned, you know, you don't have to necessarily, you know, if you don't want to be, then you better be prepared. Number 17, try your hardest To get the tones on the way in. So bring the right gear, use the right snare drum, right guitar amp, right guitar, you know, make it a goal to try to get the best sounds on the way in, um, whatever that may be. Now, the one exception, of course, to this is things like reverb and delay. You know, you might be asked to remove those types of things. Uh, if you have pedals or processors or things like that, maybe you might be asked to remove those so the engineer can can work with them later, uh, more dry, and and then add reverbs in the computer. Um, you know, if you want, if reverb or delay is a big part of the actual sound, you know, just mention that. Okay, uh, sometimes printing with effects is totally fine, like spring reverb on an amp. Sometimes that's the right way to go. So just be aware of the effects that you have be aware of the sound of your tone you know if you don't like your tone speak up you know don't again you you, you got to be able to trust the engineer but don't just you know if he picks up a sound and you say you like it don't say you like it if you don't or if you're not if you know really what engineers want to hear is that's the sound if it's not the sound what is help them you you have to be able to help the engineer and you have to be able to describe the sound you want and are we there is that it is that close um, you know another the only other thing I got to say about this is be aware that your sound is going to have to fit into a mix um, so if you try to get this big huge guitar sound um, and then the engineer might just end up thinning it out later you know in the mix and so so don't get so ab- like forward minded, where you're where you just can't see past, oh, this is my tone, I got to get this tone and this tone and that tone, I want this big fat snare drum sound, and all this stuff. When in reality, you know, what goes into a mix might be different than you know what actually is there. So, the thing you might try to focus on, let's say if you're a drummer, try to focus on the sound of the drums as a whole, not so much you know your snare sound, um, in terms of is it fat enough you know obviously you should question is it the right snare drum is this is it tuned correctly you know should it be higher should it be lower but don't get so hung up on exactly how it sounds in terms of the mix yet because it's not a mix yet the general sound that you're going for you should be able to know what it is and try to get it so try to get it in the room then try to get it under the mic then try to get it you know in the in the rough mix that you're making that you're creating and understand that uh you know you fit into that picture and you have to understand where you fit and uh and just try to get there as close as you can on the way in it saves everybody time and energy number 18 don't get obsessed with layers Um, it's one of the easiest things for musicians to do is just add layers upon layers upon layers of things and uh and then they insist that they have to be in the recording. Um, now, I'm not talking about, like, using four or five mics on, you know, a guitar or, you know, two mics on a vocal or five mics on a snare drum or whatever, you know, ridiculous combination the engineer wants to do. I'm talking about, okay, let's double that. Okay, let's double that. All right, let's double that. All right, let's add a shaker. Okay, let's add tambourine. Okay, let's add some crash cymbals. Okay, let's add some big drums. You know, don't don't get too obsessed with those things um, just because you can uh because you can record something doesn't mean you should now sure you can mute things later and you probably should uh most of the time it's very it's very possible the engineer is going to mute things uh, at least in certain sections but um you know try it it's much better to get let's say a left and a right guitar that are really really good than you know left guitar right guitar another you know and sure every now and then given the type of band and type of song. Lots of layers. That's the sound. So, you know, but a lot of times um, too many layers can just end with a mushy sound. Granted, I'm not a stranger to 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, sometimes 100, 110, 120 tracks on a session just of stuff so i know that it happens and yes i gotta deal with it as an engineer but try not to worry so much about the layers and it's not going to sound full if there's not layers and blah 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 um just realize that the fewer layers you have it exponentially saves time and it probably sounds more accurate to how you actually sound you know if you're going to do a layer do it with purpose do it because you're looking for us for a certain sound not because you feel like the sound as it is sounds bad and you need another layer to improve it. Number 19, only let qualified musicians play on your recording. If the bass sucks in your band, don't let him play on the recording. Now, this one's going to ruffle some feathers because people get hung up on their band. Oh, this is my bass player. This is my drummer. This is my guitar player. You know, so an engineer, you know is generally going to hit record and and record what's there and then try to salvage it later. But we all know that it's better to get it right on the way in. So if you're worried about your playing or your bassist playing or your guitar player, you know, your drummer, whatever, consider a session player for that job, just for the recording. Um, it happens all the time, all the time, okay? A lot of the stuff that you hear on the radio, I would say maybe... 80 or 90% of it is not played by the artist. Okay, maybe not 80, 90%, maybe 70. Um, but a lot of it is not played by the actual artist. Okay? Um, that was how it was even back in the day. A lot of people think that, you know, the Beach Boys played on pet sounds when in reality they pretty much just sang on it. You know, things like that. If you're not if you don't believe me, go look up the Wrecking Crew, okay? Um, that might change your perspective on session players. Uh, it's not a bad thing to have other people play on the record. Most of the time, it ends up sounding better anyway. And if you want to you know, use all of your own players, then you better make sure that they're rehearsed and that they're playing right. They're playing the right stuff and they're playing it really well. Number 20. Understand that the stuff in the studio is not yours. And even if you don't know what it is... That doesn't mean that you can treat it how you, you know, just like whatever. It's very likely that a lot of the things in the studio are very expensive. Speakers, microphones, instruments, cables, all of it can be very expensive. So tread carefully in the studio. Don't touch stuff just because it looks fun to touch. You know, don't press the big red button... Just because you have to, you know, this is serious business. Some of this gear is expensive. Don't start turning on guitar amps or flipping on gear or whatever, like without asking, you know, even if you think you know what it is, you know, for example, I heard a story of a friend of mine who, um, uh, there was a guy in the band who was like, oh yeah, you know, I record some stuff, blah, blah. And he thought that he was, you know, this engineer. And so he knew all the stuff and he was like, oh yeah, you want me to start flipping on stuff? Well, he went into the live room and started flipping on guitar amps. He was like, I just want to try them out. Well, little did he know that four of them, out of the, you know, five or six amps there, four of them were not connected to cabs, which means the heads were on without a load, which means that it can damage the transformer, and it did damage the transformers on a couple amps, because he thought, oh, I just want to try out these amps. I'll get them all warmed up. Well, they weren't all plugged up, so... You know, don't be a fool. Understand that it's expensive stuff in the studio. Always ask if you're not sure. Okay, just ask a question. Can I do this? Can I turn this on? Can I turn this amp on? Is this plugged in? Uh, you know, if you're going to unplug your bass guitar or your, you know, whatever, ask. Can I unplug? You know what I mean? Don't be stupid and just just ask questions. Be be aware of everything around you. Okay, you can seriously, I've had people, I've blown blown speakers because a bass player has unplugged his bass. Um, you know, the speakers were way turned up, and I was listening to something, you know, like noise on the bass or whatever, and he unplugged, and it blew the speakers. I had to order a new woofer. It was a real pain. It could have been avoided by a musician just asking a simple question, can I unplug? Stuff is expensive. Be aware of that. Number 21. At the end of a song, when you're letting a chord ring out, or a note ring out, or a cymbal crash ring out, or a guitar chord ring out, don't move. It's one of the simplest things. Don't move. Don't click your sticks together. Don't move your bass around or your guitar. Don't cough It baffles me how many times I have to tell people that and how the last note of a song will be ruined because of that. Because a drummer will hit his cymbals and immediately bring his hands together and his sticks will go click. um, Or he'll start tuning up his drums or he'll, you know, whatever. Like, you generally need to sustain that last note quite a while. A good 10 or 15 seconds. Easy. Okay? So, just let it ring. Don't stop, don't move until the engineer says, okay, or that was good, or all right, or whatever. You know, just (laughs) be aware, like, you know, don't play when you're not supposed to. So if you're waiting to play, you know, don't make noise or whatever. And if you're at the end of a song, when you're ringing out that chord, let it ring out, okay? Don't move a muscle. Don't breathe. Don't think. All right. If the engineer turns off the click at the end of a song, that doesn't mean he stopped recording. A lot of times, engineers will turn off the click just to make sure there's no click click bleed on you know the last note of a song or a held out chord. So don't stop. Don't move. Don't do anything until the engineer says you're good. Okay, or stop. Okay, that's such a simple rule, but I get it all the time. All right, number 22, don't be stubborn um, when it comes to equipment like your guitar. Now, there's something kind of like this on, on on the first 15, but I just wanted to reiterate it in a different way. If the engineer thinks that something sounds bad and says, hey, I don't really like the sound of that guitar, let's use a different guitar. Don't, get, don't be stubborn and say like, well, ooh, why not? Why don't you like it? Why... You know, what's wrong with it? Is there something I can change? You know, just just go with the flow. Listen to what he says. It's his job to get hung up on the sound. Now, if the sound is starting to stray from what you want, you know, that's one thing. And you're like, you know, hey, you've changed a couple things, you know, on my sound. And now it doesn't really sound like, you know, what I wanted. However, always give them benefit of the doubt. You're, you're paying them to get your sound across. So even if what they say might seem a little bit... You know, like, let's say you're using a Strat with a tube screamer into a Fender. You know, and he says, hey, let's change this up. Let's do, you know, let's do a, a Les Paul into a Marshall. Don't just be like, well, I don't, well that's not what I play. That's not really my... Sin. Don't do that, okay? Just just go with the flow. Okay, let's try it. Be Don't be stubborn. Be flexible. Arguing is one of the easiest ways to waste time in the studio. And, and you know, asking dumb questions. Asking the right questions is really important. You know, so... If that happens and you're curious as to why, you know, ask like, okay, you know, what are you thinking? What what What's going through your head? And don't ask, you know, why why are you using that? That's not what I, you know, don't ask a, a derogative question. You know, ask a, a legitimate question. Ask the engineer, what's going through your head? What are you thinking? What, what are you wanting? And what can I do? What can I give you that, that's going to get you the sound that you're looking for? And, you know, is that, you think that's right? Because a lot of times, engineers like myself spend hours upon hours researching things, sounds, tones, you know, who used what, who used what mic, what, you know, uh, snare drum, what guitar, what whatever, on whatever chain. And they're trying to develop this catalog of sounds in their mind. Um, And a lot of times musicians tend to not do that. Um, They'll do things like, oh, I really like John Mayer's sounds. And so they'll research John Mayer's gear, what he uses, and they'll go with the Strat and a Tube Screamer an offender or a Dumble, and then they're playing in a band that sounds like uh, U2, and they're trying to, like, make something that's not there in, you know what I mean? They're trying to make something that's not a duck into a duck, and it's just not how it works, you know? Like, if you want to sound like John Mayer, you're gonna have to get a Strat and a Dumble and a Tube Screamer, probably, uh, you know, or a Keeley compressor. I mean, that's, that's probably what you're going to have to do. Uh, if you want to sound like Keith Urban, you know, you're probably going to have to get either a, a Les Paul Jr. Uh, or a, a Telecaster La Cabernita or a Strat, a Clapton Strat with a Klon or a Mesa Flux Drive or a BB preamp into a Fender or a Dumble, you know, or a Sur or something like... I mean, there there's so many different combinations that can yield so many different results, So, you know, don't be stubborn with your tone. That's the whole point of this. Don't be stubborn with your tone. Try to go with the flow. Ask smart questions about, you know, what's needed. Number 23, you don't know the room of the engineer as well as you probably think. So realize that things will sound different outside of the studio. Now, they might sound better outside of the studio. They might sound worse. They might just sound totally different. So, never get too hung up on the sound that you're hearing in the room. Now, I know that this might seem like it contradicts some of the things I've said, um, but just realize that, you know, it's it's an ever-evolving production, okay? It, there's little tiny refinements made the entire step of the way. So, you know, never get so concerned where you're saying things like, we got to redo the drums, they're all too fat, or, you know, oh, man, the bass is just all wrong, and, you know, all this. It's like, well, okay... Uh, That happens to me a lot on bass, um, where bass players say things like, you know, I kind of like that sound of dull strings, you know, like old strings on my bass, and the engineer saying things like, uh, no, you need new strings, brand new strings, and they're like, well, it's not really my sound, and, you know, and then they hear it being recorded, and they're like, it's too bright, whatever, you know, and, you know, there are little things like that, where that's a great example of the engineer, like myself, would much rather have a bright bass bass than one that is dull because you can always take brightness out but you can't add it back in new strings on a bass also have more sustain new strings on a bass are also clearer in the lows and in the in the mid-range harmonics so it would be much better for you to record with brand new strings and have the engineer warm it up darken it up fatten it up than the other way around however um If you want that more vintage sound, you should get a brand new set of flat-wound strings. Okay, that's probably closer to the sound you're thinking in your head is brand new flat-wounds, not old round-wounds. Okay, that's, you know, do your research, man. Understand this stuff. Why do I know this and you don't? You're the musician. Number 24, bring references or send them to the engineer. And what I mean by that is, I don't care who you think you are. You sound a little bit like somebody else. The worst thing ever that you can do is not know what you sound like. That is possibly the worst thing you can do in the studio is not know what your band really sounds like. You know, you get this whole, oh man, we just kind of have this thing. It's like not really, it's hard to describe. We don't really sound like anything out there. And, you know, the musician presses, the the engineer presses record and it's like, oh, you sound like Coldplay. That's cool. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> I, any bring references of not things that you like, but things that sound like you. I mean, a recording is capturing a performance that's there. So it's like, do you legitimately sound like a combination of these bands? Or are you just desperate to try to sound like your influences and you're trying to, again, turn your sound into something that it's not? You know, that happens a lot when people think... That it's something in the studio magic, when in reality, they just don't write songs like that. They think they sound a certain way, and they really don't. Bring references that are most similar to your writing style and the overall feel of the band, not just records that you happen to like. Number 25. When in doubt, the vocal is king. So stay out of the way and realize that it's the most important thing in the song. 90% of the time, that is. 99% of the time. If you're a guitar player or a drummer or whatever, and you do an accent, there really are only four situations where you should stick out. Number one, if there's room for it, if there's an empty spot, you know, no vocals, um, and you're, you know, you have a solo or you have a riff or you have something, there's actually a spot made for you um, to do that. So obviously that that's the number one place, you know, if there's an intro riff or whatever. Um, the second time, sort of related to that, which is if you're going to do something like in the verse or whatever, do it out of the way of the vocal. So even if there's not, there's even a tiny little spot, try to be as much out of the way of, of the vocal as possible. Um, it's just good arranging, okay? It's just getting out of the way of that vocal. Now, C the you know or three or whatever you know on this list of four four different ways. The third way would be if you're directly following the vocal or harmonizing with the vocal. So every now and then, um, or or, or calling, you know, doing a call and response with the vocal. Every now and then, that type of thing can work uh, where the guitar part or the bass part is following the vocal directly or the drum part is accenting with the vocal um, directly. So, a part that might, you know, that's always actually a good thing to do is if you're gonna accent something on drums or, you know, something like that, listen for the vocal, what the vocal is doing. If the vocal's not compelling, you know, don't try to make it interesting by doing all kinds of flashy stuff around it. Try to play into, you know, what the vocal is doing, try to get into what they're doing and play on it. Play on the rhythms, play on the melodies, play on the pulses. If there's a lyric pulse that goes da da hit the snare with that, da-da, dot, dot, you know what I mean? Um, the fourth way, you know, uh, when you should accent, when you should stick out, is it if everybody is accenting. So if everybody's hitting a pulse, you probably should hit it too. Uh, if, if everyone's hitting this transition into a chorus and they're doing a build a certain way, you should probably be building with them too. Um, you know, or or you should be playing in a similar way even if you're playing kind of a different part, you should be playing following the rhythm of the whole song. So when in doubt, vocal is king, uh, rhythm is queen, arrangement is, you know, the entire kingdom, okay? You have to really be aware of it. Really understand that you're a small piece in a puzzle. It's not your party, generally. You know what I mean? It's not guitar world over here on, on a song. It's generally about the vocal. Number 26. If somebody sets up a mic on you, try not to stray too far from it. So ask where you should stand or be sitting or be positioned. If you need tape on the floor for where to put your feet, ask for it or do it yourself. Um, You know, if somebody sets a mic up on you on acoustic guitar, be aware of where they're pointing that mic and try not to move too much. Um, Again, this kind of relates back to something I I said in the first half of this uh, show. Uh, For vocals, you know, if... If, you, if you're standing six inches away from a mic and the, and the engineer says, don't move, then don't move. Uh, if he needs you to work the mic to move in or, or lean out, or if you personally know that you're going to move a lot, just, again, bring this stuff up. Be aware of it. Let the engineer know. Let him be aware. Um, but in general, if somebody puts a mic on you, try not to move too much. Number 27. Number 27. Alcohol and weed don't make you play better. I'm sorry, but they just don't. In all my experience in the studio, you know, drinking and smoking and things, you know, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be there. Um, and, and not every band, obviously, but every now and then, it's gonna it's gonna come up. And um, I understand there's nothing wrong with having a you know having a drink every now and then, whatever. But in general, if you're you know have more than a a few drinks, have a couple joints or, you know, whatever, you're probably not in the right place to record. I don't care what you think, you're probably not. Because there are plenty of times when I've had guys, you know, come in and and we end up just, like, wasting time or or getting takes that they think are great and then we listen to them the next day and it's like, ooh, maybe not. Maybe not on that one. Um, or Or... The take might be great, but they might have ignored certain things, like little things. You might miss certain things, like, you know, you coughed in the middle of it, or you hit the note and there was a noise that happened, you know, you hit your pickup or something, and something, some small little detail you missed, and you it just will now bother the crap out of you, and you'll just have to redo it. So If anything, your brain needs to be totally focused. So try to avoid it. If you want to drink or whatever, you know, just try to pace yourself, okay? Uh, You know, and again, ask the studio, hey, what are the rules on this? I don't want to, you know, piss off anybody. Um, Be courteous, you know what I mean? Some some producers and engineers are like, hey, let's all get coked up and and make a record. I mean, (laughs) they did in the 70s at least. Some engineers and producers are like, no, you will be in the studio clean if you're going to work with me. Uh, So, again, just a general suggestion, not telling you how to live your life, but what I have found is, in general, substances generally make you a worse player. Number 28. Stuff can and probably should be decided later. Uh, If the producer wants to add something, or the drummer wants to, you know, do it or don't do it, whatever, but... Things can be put off to later, and some decisions are best put off till later, on another day. Again, generally, I'm a fan of making all the decisions on the way in, committing to things. You know, there are certain things like drums that, okay, the parts should probably be, be set. You know, you shouldn't have to go through and find the better parts later, because everything else is going to hinge on what the drummer played. So, obviously, that's important. And the vocal, you know, if you do a scratch vocal and all the lyrics are going to change, or all the melodies are going to change, like, that's not, you know what I mean? That's not good, okay? So, there are certain things that can be changed later, like, let's say you recorded a tambourine, and then later you're just like, you know what, that's just not jiving, screw that part. Then delete it, okay? Like, some things can be put off to later. Um, There's, you know, if you put a, a delay on something, or a reverb on something, and then... You just can't decide. You know, just figure it out later. Okay, don't worry about someone. You know, so try to just compartmentalize your mind to understand. You know, what decisions need to be made now? What What's really important that needs to be done now? And what's something that we need to come back and just revisit later because it's not it's not a priority right now. You know, focusing on the right things at the right time. Number twenty nine. Um, print out your lyrics. Okay. doesn't matter if you know them by heart, you probably will have to write some notes down. In fact, that's a good thing in general, really. Uh, Keep notes, you know, have a notebook with you, whether you're a singer, a guitar player, drummer, keep some notes. If you hear something, you know, while listening, you're like, whoa, that was was that a weird drum fill? I didn't notice that. Write it down, you know, even if it's on your phone. Um, if you hear something, mention it. Bring it up when there's a when there's an appropriate time to bring it up. You know, there's a break or whatever. Hey, you know, hey, can, can we check this out real quick? You know, if we're not doing anything right now, um, as a vocalist, you know, print out your lyrics so, so you can write on the paper, write notes. Oh, okay, you know, here I need to I need to really dig in here and sing really strong here, or here back it down and get close to the mic. Use a highlighter, a pen, whatever. But print out your lyrics. Keep good notes. As a musician, keep good notes. Again, it's all about being very conscious of what's happening in the studio. Being aware of every little thing. um, and, and, And just being a good studio player. Number 30. Again, these were in no particular order of importance. This one's kind of, you know, anticlimactic to end on. But number 30 is getting sounds can take a while and try to help out if you can but otherwise try to learn while in the studio and watch don't goof off you know if the engineer's trying hard to listen to something be quiet you know just pay attention to the session be in the moment understand that drums for example can take a long time to get good sounds guitars vocals you can it can take 30 minutes to to get a good vocal sound You're trying out different mics and different pres and different compressors you can go through five different snare drums all kinds of things like that you know the stuff takes time like i said before and another one be patient um, but try to help out other things is there anything i can do can i go get food do you want you guys need water you know uh, like make yourself useful in the studio and if you're if there's nothing for you to do then you should be paying attention and trying to learn and just look around you you know, don't ask questions when it's not a good time. Don't, hey, what's that? Hey, what's that? What what does this do? You know, but just learn from the experience. Learn in the studio. Take everything that is said to heart. If somebody says, you know, man, your tone sounds like crap, don't get offended, <laughs> even though they probably could say it nicer. Learn from that experience. Say things like, okay, what would be better? You know, ask questions like that. Think about your situation. Throw away your ego. And just learn. If the if the engineer says, you know, hey, let's not use this snare drum, and you end up using another snare drum and it sounds amazing, take a hint that maybe the snare drum you have is not the right one, you know, for your sound. Maybe your your actual sound is something else. You know, if you swap out something, a guitar amp, a you know, whatever it may be, learn from every little thing that happens in the studio. You're guaranteed to learn. You know, what's the only thing holding you back from learning in the studio, learning about the sounds and the process and what you could do to be a better player and how you could improve and how you can improve your writing, take all of these things to heart. I mean, the only thing that's holding you back from doing that is yourself being distracted on your phone, not paying attention, not asking good questions, asking stupid questions, showing up late, etc. Like, just... Be there, okay? Be in the moment, learn from it, and you'll be golden. All right, so I hope that these shows have given you good things to think about. I hope you've learned a lot. I hope you've been paying attention and learning and not on your phone while listening to this. <laughs> so, again, as always, if you have any questions, send me an email, recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com. You can check out the blog, recordinglounge.blogspot.com, the Facebook page, com slash lounge. And uh, if you want to sign up for our free newsletter, that, again, is no spam and no obligation. You can get off of it at any time if you want to. Um, but I generally only send out new episode, new uh, email blasts every now and then, usually to warn about new shows, say that they've posted. And also every now and then to give some tips and uh, interesting info when it's something that's too short to put in a show. Um, so that should be RecordingLoungePodcast.com slash sign up. It's, again, it's totally free, and I don't spam you, and I don't send your email out to other people, you know, other advertisers or all kinds of crap like that. So, thanks for joining me. If you have any questions, email me away. I will talk to you next time. Thanks.